What is going on, Spectacular Podcast family? What a privilege and honor to be with you again. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode of the show, and you will not be disappointed. We have a phenomenal episode with Dan Horter, and we are talking about the next generation village. We are talking about solutions, Atlantis, and how do we build a better world through ecosystems. So uh, he has an amazing background. He's a very uh, very bright individual. Uh, we talk about how ayahuasca woke him up spiritually, the zeitgeist movies, the next generation village, the extraction mindset, uh, the circular wisdom of living, the Ayurveda manual. I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right or saying that right. Uh, the four systems of society, natural systems, uh, the Hopi Proverbs, the Matrix as a documentary, the importance of education of mind and heart, and so much more. That's just a few of the show notes. So I know you're going to love this episode. You're going to love what we're talking about. You're going to love the solutions and how Dan is actually uh, putting a lot of work together. So you can go to nextgenvillage.com uh, to check out some of his work to be inspired about how do we create systems that make sense for for everyone so we're starting to see in this world all the things that we don't want and this is giving us an opportunity to look for solutions and be a part of those solutions and talk about them and brainstorm them um, and figure out how we bring them into this reality and make that decision for ourselves and with our communities so that we have a just beautiful planet to live on i've always been curious where the free energy is why why do we have war still like uh, why is there poverty none of this makes sense and so this is where we're going as this world kind of crumbles with the structures and evil in place that influences these things the rest of us who want something different are going to build that and so i love this discussion if you want to support this show please share this episode as far and as wide as you can leave a review in itunes each review is really helpful so please take a moment to do that and the best thing you can do to support this show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. Um, censorship is pretty intense, so if you go to mattbelair.com and you want you want to support the show, become a member, and you can do so by donation, um, $1, $3, $6, or let me know whatever uh, works for you if you want to do that. And you can also become a member for free if you just hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com. I'll happily um, do that for you. And for those of you guys who really want to get clear on your life purpose and step into your power, you want to go from a job to a vocation and calling and you want to architect your life deliberately you know using all the best tools of mindset peak performance overcoming uh, overcoming self-sabotage and limitations and learning how to program your mind your heart and soul for the most authentic parts of who you are hit me up matt at zenathlete.com we can go through the soul compass course the quantum heart hypnosis we can do one-on-one -on -one coaching or there are group coaching available so there's a lot of tools a lot of programs and a lot of processes that can support you and you can even go through the zen athlete program if you want because it is a, a guide to self-mastery it could be zen entrepreneurship zen music it doesn't matter it's a really helpful program so if that's interesting just hit me up um, but that's it uh, you can also find me on telegram t.me forward slash matt belair that's where most of the stuff is coming out and let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into this episode so wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, coherence, faith, courage, power, inner knowing, strength, compassion, love. And let's get into this incredible episode with Dan Horter. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matthew Belair. 
As you know, we are currently overcoming extreme censorship. So if you want to support this show, please share episodes you like far and wide. Leave a review on iTunes. Uh, go over to mattbelair.com and become a member where all the episodes are backed up. You can download them, put them on your phone. Uh, but most importantly, consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a car mechanic by trade and holds a master's degree in aerospace engineering. He has been facilitating groups for a decade, as well as organizing and guiding ayahuasca ceremonies for seven years. He is a connector, community builder, New Earth visionary, societal engineer, and bridger of worlds. He is working on several grassroots visions for the improvement of humanity, including the Next Generation Village and Gaia Net. Welcome to the show, Dan Gorter. I was going to try the proper pronunciation, but I got too afraid. Can you do it for us? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. If you want to go all Dutch, it's Dan Horter, but it's all good. Man. <laughs> well, man, it's so great to be connected. Uh, you know, you are doing some really interesting things with your project. So I'd love for you to just share a little bit about your background, get us caught up, and then tell us some of the things you're working working on. Yeah, sure thing. I guess uh, like more and more people I'm meeting, I felt a little bit like the, the, the black sheep in the family and I did, couldn't really connect with the society and I wondered what I was doing here and uh, it took me, I guess, 30 years to figure out why I was feeling that because I have a different view on things and uh, I followed the traditional track of, uh, you know, going to school, trying to find a job, trying to find a profession that would fulfill me with joy. So that's how I became a car mechanic. I liked machines. I was driving motorbikes at the time. But that soon enough got boring and then I decided to do something more technically challenging. So I got into the aviation and the aerospace industry uh, only to discover once I finished all of that, it was still not giving me the fulfillment I was looking for. I was looking for a deeper sense of purpose and meaning, but nobody of my friends was talking about this or couldn't find anybody in my family either. They all just said, go to university now because when you're older, you won't be able to get your university degree. You won't be able to get a mortgage anymore. And those kinds of fear-mongering techniques pushed me into the traditional track, but deep down I knew something else was alive for me. And uh, yeah, thanks to a lot of magical synchronicities during my graduation project in Delft, I came in contact with ayahuasca. And uh, as soon as I drank that medicine and I was through a really deep process, I had a full-blown spiritual awakening. Before ayahuasca, I didn't believe in the soul and the spirits and energies and all of that. I was very critical, very skeptical, very analytical. Couldn't find any evidence in the literature about it. No empirical evidence. I really like data, you know. But that experience was so overwhelmingly out of the box of anything I ever experienced. It completely turned me into a different direction. And I think all of my life, I was already having a really yeah, botanical heart and a mechanical mind. And all of that together makes me realize, I think already 15 years ago, seeing 9-11 happen, uh, watching the Zeitgeist movies, trying to figure out how is the power structures, how is the money organized, really trying to analyze, you know, how is humanity procreating and organizing itself and why does it seem to be so wrong? And the conclusion was soon enough, like we need to build environments that have a completely different philosophy. So since the start of my medicine journey, I received a lot of visions. I met a lot of amazing people. And a couple of years ago, together with some other people, we launched an international network where we are bringing together the heads, the project leaders who want to work towards large scale planetary transformation, like societal engineering and change at the global scale with the goal to regenerate the earth, to restore nature and to build living environments that are focused on human need fulfillment. And I think that's what is one of the big pieces that we've got to do is create new things that make the old obsolete. So fast forward 10 years, I found purpose, I found meaning, 
everything I do during my day is all in, yeah, in that purpose. So I'm super happy where I am. And uh, yeah, here in Brazil to uh, scout lands and to build a network of engineers, architects, and try to find the right people who have the, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the implementation skills and abilities to build a prototype city for a new humanity, the start of a completely new civilization. And yeah, I know it sounds really big, but I mean, we're not going to keep going on with what we are doing now together as a civilization. I don't, I've lost faith that internally that's going to change or that our leaders or the people responsible for making this change who have the power right now, have the willingness and even not even have that intention. So I think we need to create something in the green field, something that never existed before, try to find the people who've never done it before, but who have the heart and the vision and the knowledge and write the white page. So here we are. <laughs> I love it. What a what an amazing, beautiful summary and uh, incredibly vast project and mission. Let's just build a new earth. I love it. And, you know, when I was traveling around and, and doing all the things around the world, I always was wondering, like, what are we doing here? This this system is totally nuts. Who, are, who is building something else? You know, I think that the Native Americans had a framework that we can learn from. And we have a lot of other frameworks that we can, um, you know, take from to build something new but we just need participants to actually put energy in and it's nice because you're dutch and they're fantastic engineers and um you know so if anybody's going to be able to um push it a little bit forward i think you're going to you're going to be the guy for the job so in this research um you know what have you deduced is are some of the elements to like a new community to get people uh like if you were like okay i'm going to move to this new city you've built what are what are some of the elements that you've kind of come to like these are some of the problems with our traditional society and here are things that we want to build in this new uh community or platform or city well a little disclaimer and to give the full credit to two other individuals who've really opened my eyes which are travis grant of the oravana project he's written an eight thousand page bible how to create a community type civilization on the planet, how to build a network of cities that are focused on human need fulfillment and ecological flourishing. So I want to give him credit, first of all, for the ideas and the knowledge about this that I'm going to share with you. And the other guy is Ralph Horat of the nextgenvillage.com, which is a prototype village in Switzerland. And these guys both have been spending five to 10 years on analyzing societies and civilization, dissecting them in systems, and coming up with alternatives that can help us into a more beautiful, meaningful future for all life on this planet. Um, what it seems to come down to in a very simplistic, reductionalistic view is that most, if not all of our current systems are based on an extractive mindset of converting our natural world and resources into products and services that fulfill human needs. And then once that job is done, they just poop them out and they become unusable. So there is no circular, circular living form. And we need to learn this from the natives who have accomplished this already. This is nothing new. We don't have to invent anything. We just have to listen to the plants and to the wisdom keepers of this planet. And, 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 and I'd say transmute that wisdom and knowledge into a technologically advanced civilization. And it seems that we are too much focused on just making profit as a company, as a country, as a civilization, we're only talking about GDP as our measure of success. And there is no consequence for the costs on the long term, on the next seven generations. And I think it's more like a, a design philosophy that needs to change in how we create systems and technologies that are designed to fulfill our needs. But in the end, we are one family on one planet. We have these natural resources which are finite. They're not infinite. 
And we need to come in harmony and resonance and in full circle with our natural environment to start to live in symbiosis. And that exactly is what Travis has described in the Aravana manual. Apparently, all civilizations on this planet are subdivided in four main systems. If you look at how a society is organized, how they decide together, how they live together, and how they use the material world to fulfill these needs, there's four systems, and they all interoperate. In a whole system's design, they also communicate together and they update each other. And we don't have that in the old world. They're all isolated systems with isolated centralized power structures that are, well, <laughs> talking about government and corporates and using the material world, they are also intertwined in their interests, which makes them corruptible. So what do we need to create? We need to create an analysis of the real world. We need to make a proper model of what does the real world look like, which materials and resources do we have available, in which quantities, and how can we bring them into a system that keeps circulating them and that doesn't poop them out when they're not useful anymore. And in that way, he dissect, dissected these four systems as a decisioning system, a social system, a lifestyle system, and a material system. And these four systems are unique defined I would say in each civilization or society you find but in essence they are all that and what has Travis done he's dissected them into a, a very uh, neutral way there is no spirituality and it's very secular it's very engineeringly approached and he's written a design specification standard of how we as a humanity can come together in community in a network of cities focused on human need fulfillment and ecological restoration. And he's gone really deep for 10 years into all the literature of how does cities work? How does human needs work? How does the psychology work? How do we decide? How do we distribute things? How do we organize? Oh, I can go very deep, but I think that's where we need to be heading to looking at one humanity and how can we create a whole system and include nature in our decision-making process and the costs that we are putting on the future seven generations. Bring them to the here and now and make them transparent and visible and make it uncorruptible. So, well, I could keep talking like an hour, but- <laughs> <laughs> Well, I love it. You can feel free to talk for an hour. That's incredible. It reminds me of uh, Jacques Fresco and the Venus Project. And one exactly. of the things he talked about is going from a profit-based society to a resource-based society. Um, it sounds phenomenal. And I think that people who have clear minds and clear hearts and can see you know, the world and, and the challenges, you know, when I looked into it, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Why are we engineering starvation? Because that's what's happening. We're engineering the starvation of over 9 million people per year, you know, on purpose. And we're taking this, uh, the resources, and then it get, kind of gets funneled to the top, like a pyramid. And then all those super corporations and private entities, they get to trade with each other and get even more and more and more rich, which becomes com completely absurd, um, how they're able to uh, control and dictate politics, resources, um, and the societal structure because they can begin to engineer it and they do that at the World Economic Forum and that's what that's for. And so the big issue that I see among many um, is how do we get people, Is it, how, how would we make this happen? Like, let's say we had the map and um, you know we're going to be dealing with a lot of resistance from the people who already have the control, right? You hear about stories where people have cures for things like cancer or whatever, and they kind of get snuffed out, or they, these new ideas they they never see the light of day because the patents are bought or things like that. Now, what do you see as the biggest roadblocks? And have you guys considered any solutions for those big roadblocks to actually even achieve this once you get a map done? I think our roadblock is our limited belief that we need to be afraid of that. Mm. 
And we just need to let go of that concept. I know this is very simplified. It might piss people off, even if I put it in that way. And they say, oh, it's much more complicated than that. But I guess this is what the plants have taught me. The plants have showed me through visionary states that if you go deeply into analyzing how that works and you want to use that in the same way, you want to destroy that or fight against that, you're going to lose. Instead, she pushed me to look the other way. And there was this beautiful field of daisies and flowers and sunshine and clouds. She said, go build your new civilization here. Just let it be. Now, obviously, it's a little bit more than that. But the, what really helped me was a video by, I think her name is Marta Beck. She's a sociologist. It's on YouTube. She describes how the transformation of humanity and how consciousness will happen. And I think that's how it's going to occur. Basically, she made a pyramid of sugar cubes. And she said, this is how traditional organization form and all the power and energy is going to the top and the whole bottom is working for that. And she say, here's a plate of water and here it's all equal. And then she poured black ink, ink into that. And she said, this is a, a uniform pool. Look, I added the color, but it goes everywhere. So it moves everywhere. And then she threw the black ink with the water in the, 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 the place where the white pyramid of sugar cubes is. And you see the bottom is getting sucking up this black color and it's slowly going up, 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 up. And you just see the awakening of the masses bottom up and the top is not knowing what's going on. And all of a sudden whoop, it just collapses and everybody's in the puddle and it's all of a sudden it's equalized. And that's kind of the metaphor that I think how it's going to go down. I think we just need to keep moving, stay brave and courageous, keep finding each other. Don't get too lost in fighting the old and get together to create the new. That's going to just make the old obsolete because what's going to happen when, we, when people have choices and awareness and consciousness to choose alternatives that are much better for them and not so good for the guys at the top. Sure, we might lose a couple of people on the road. People get killed all the time because they have this talking this mindset going on, huh? many people have been taken out in the past, like you're describing people with cures of cancer, free energy, etc. But what can we do, man? I think we've got to keep on moving and got to trust the process. <laughs> yeah, I love all that. Well, you know, I'm not so concerned with it, you know, getting taken out because I feel like that's going to be up to the creator. You know, I've almost died already four or five times. And so I'm like, I'm sure the creator is going to take me out whenever. It's just like getting those new systems in place. And you keep bringing up that Buckminster Fuller quote, right? You don't uh, build a new world by fighting the old. You do it by uh, building a new system, making the old one obsolete. And that's definitely what you're focused on. And I think that's powerful. And even if it's just an idea that sits in the mind of humanity for generations and never comes to fruition which would be a dark idea almost like the matrix but hopefully it feels like this is the great awakening because you know these problems with the way that our society has been constructed has been around my entire life i learned i started to learn about them in my teenage years with you know the documentaries like zeitgeist people can check out and then you know looking at money masters and things like that and then traveling to places like cambodia and being like how did people murder each other this doesn't make any sense like you know against trees and so now you know the people in canada and around the world a lot of people can't imagine that that type of idea is being constructed and hoisted upon us now on a global scale. But the good news is um, with these revolutions, I heard the American revolution was only 3%, you know, and then I actually heard yeah. something really sad because I'm Canadian. Apparently all the people who didn't want to go to the war. So all the wussies uh, came up to Canada. I was like, no, is that true? That's terrible. I, I don't know if that's true, but I, I somebody told me that. I was like, oh no. And so, <laughs> so the Americans are the ones that kind of wanted to fight. And then uh, the, the Canadians are the wishes that were like, were fine with being conquered by the British, which is, which is unfortunate. So we're going to have to rewrite that history. Um, but, but, you know, when we look at these systems, you know, there's 
definite room for improvement. And what happens is we get sedated kind of like that movie Wall-E into the environment and like the Truman show of this is what reality is. This is what I do. It's comfortable. I can get my TV. I can get my fridge, um, you know, and all these other things. And I had a guest on, oh, she'd already forget who it was. I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately, but he said that, um, you know, when they introduced the fridges to the native Americans, they were so confused. They had some sort of name for it because if they had extra food, they gave it to the community. You know, it was a way that yeah. they could connect to the community and, you know, share and know your neighbors and do all these things. It was everybody's like, if you had extra whatever, you just gave it around. You wouldn't store it and hoard your stuff, right? And it's such an interesting paradox with this hoarding idea. We're now in the consciousness where people could say food shortage or things like that, which is absurd because the whole planet's the Garden of Eden. And that's why the people who are constructing this reality, um, Jim Gale was on talking about the food forest. You know, if, if they wanted to feed everybody, you just plant, you know, Know, apple trees and pear trees and whatever in your local environment you know all the side everybody would be down with that so if you're hungry reach in the ground grab yourself a cucumber whatever and everyone would want to participate in that so if we can construct something like that people are going to want to participate in it and it might be a pain in the butt but now we have um you know the three percent it doesn't need to be everybody it needs to be like a minimum three or five or ten percent of the population to want to participate in this. And the last thing I'll kind of say in this rant was, I remember David Lone Bear telling me that, um, you know, church was people, that community was everything, you know? And he's like, all you need is the participation. And so I'm, I'll just leave it there and see if you want to um, comment on that rant. Yeah, we need to come together, man. That's very <laughs> clear. And we've been pushed apart and, and been programmed to survival of the fittest game and the individual game, the consumerism and that your happiness lies in, in, in buying products and services for your individual gain. It's in a way we've been really brainwashed, no? And I'm, I'm, I'm open and leaning towards the idea. I'm not saying that I am promoting that or, or stating that as a fact, but maybe that World War II never really ended, man. And that actually the regime at that time is so dark and so deep and it's continued into the United States. And instead of using guns, they're using media and it's a silent war. And I think we are being put up towards each other. But again, I'm like, you know, I'm a little reserved about talking about it in this concept. But I think we're being programmed to be pushed apart, divide and conquer, no? And there's a beautiful movement going on of quite a strong group of people who are starting to come together in love, transparency, honesty, the spirit of co-creation, cooperation, sharing their resource, their knowledge, their needs. And I mean, the internet is incredible, man. I don't think that the people who brought the internet into the world were aware of this kind of mass connection that could happen at a global scale. You can teach, educate and train yourself now before you only had TV and radio. So we need to come together. We need to start coming into resonance more and more and I, also in the Kabbalah huh, they write about the 10 percent of the the revelation the, the total transformation of the planet you just need 10 percent there's many prophecies that write about the small percentage I really hope it's true and I see a, 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 a mycelium a web coming together of amazing change makers who are really focused on the new and not fighting the old and that gives me hope inspiration and uh, fills my heart with joy and finally to conclude responding is like i do think we need to create living environments that are autonomous on a local scale completely we need to live in the forest again and the, f the food can the food can be abundant around you like you say you can walk around your neighborhood you're hungry you bring home some apples and some cucumbers and some things because they're just growing on the side of the road and there's too much of it not shortage 
And I think also scarcity is just a program. There is no scarcity, it's perceived scarcity. And it's also because of the economical system that drives us because scarcity creates this drive for hoarding and power and corruption and more and greed. And, and in, in a way that has really helped us, you know, before we were <laughs> realizing that, hey, we are destroying more than what can regenerate itself. Before there was abundance, man. We never thought we could fish out all the fish out of the ocean, right? 200 years ago. Or that we could hunt all the animals in a certain bioregion. It's like, no, man, they're replicating so fast. We can eat all that we want. There was that abundance. But we need to now make our next step in our evolution and become full circle and become like the guardians and the stewards of this garden. We cannot no longer just be the participants and definitely not be the extractors of wealth of Mother Earth. It doesn't work anymore. So that, that's uh, where we're heading, I hope. And not, not towards the totalitarian control. Well, let's see how the story unfolds. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a that's a beautiful analogy, The Guardians. And that's Tamarack Song is actually who I had on yesterday. And he has a book called The Guardian Way and or The Guardian Warrior. And he had a lot of traditional training and, you know, he's a survivalist and all these other things. And it looks like with what you said about the world war two concept, I've kind of seen that, right. Because, you know, I've, I've watched a few things that make me think, Oh, interesting. You know, if they have this global plan, there's a lot of evidence to say, you know, that they want to construct this because most of the stuff that I'd look at, whether it's the world economic forum or the books that they write, or these, these small group of people with immense, extraordinary power, they're telling you publicly what they would like to do, right. The fourth industrial revolution by Klaus Schwab, the great reset. So it's not like they keep it hidden. It's public. And apparently that's one of the things that they need to do. They, they apparently follow spiritual laws where they have to give disclosure and there has to be some sort of consent. There needs to be like, it's a deceptive consent a lot of the time. Um, but it's still consent. It's like, look, this is what we're going to do just so you know. So they reveal in movies and books and different things like that. And so it gives us the opportunity to kind of wake up and the way that I kind of see it and, is that we're moving, it's either an AI system that's unnatural, right? That's robotic, that takes the spirit, life, and soul out of humanity, or we go into natural systems like you're talking about. So, you know, more and more, becoming Amish is looking great to me. You know, having a community, having abundance of food, just hanging out with people that, I, you know, I love and care about, keeping it simple. Just, you know what? That whole world with, like, the cities is total garbage. There's a, there's a movie I forget what it's called. It's like my conversation with someone and they're sitting down the whole movies are having a conversation. And there's one part in the movie where the character goes, he's talking about New York. He's like, you ever hear people talking about leaving you New York and they never, they never do. He's like, yeah, all the time. He goes, well, what if the cities are the new concentration camps and people in the new prisons and people are really a, a proud of them because they've built them and they've built them up and they have a sense of pride in these cities, but they never get out. And I've always thought that like cities are terrible. I don't understand why people like that. You know, if you like it, that's totally fine. Um, but like you're in this little tiny box and then you go and then you get entertained and you go back. There's no like nature and you can go to other little boxes and there might be really great ones. Like, you know, like New York seems like a phenomenal city. Toronto's a really cool city. Uh, but my, my thought is like, you know, little cabin, little bit of nature, you know, some quiet, some stars that, that seems a lot more natural than to be, you know, stuffed into a cube and then, you know, kind of get shuffled around to other cubes amongst thousands of other people. So it's just an interesting concept and paradigm. And I think if we can in, in take that perspective that we're the guardians of this planet and this awakening, the people here that are seeing it, it's our responsibility to imagine 
and then co-create something better. So we can't kind of shuck that responsibility off to anyone else saying, you know, our global leaders are going to do it. Our mayor is going to do it. Someone outside is going to do it. We have to do it and we have to participate in some sort of capacity to make this happen. And it starts with a thought and idea. You're probably not going to architect the city by yourself, but nobody ever did. We're going to do it together. And just by your heart and your soul and your mind thinking, you know, what can I do to support uh, earth, you know, what can I do to be uh, a steward of this planet? If you think like that, you know, Mother Earth, whether you want to think about that movie Avatar or something or God, the creator or whatever, or nature, it's going to be cooperative. Like if you're a lost, I don't know, deer, you know, then you're by that thought, you're going to find other deer that's going to help you out. And then you're going to be able to navigate your life because you want to re-cooperate with the environment. So um, do you want to comment on that? <laughs> yeah, I'll hold to that, brother. We've got to come together in that spirit co-creation collaboration and uh, it reminds me of the Hopi proverb no it's not the powers to be that's going to change and transform all of this because we are the ones that we've been waiting for and uh, it's beautiful more and more people I meet I can really feel in their heart and in deeper conversations that they are really at service of humanity and of nature and I think that's very new Maybe 20, 30 years ago, these were a bunch of hippies that wanted to live in the forest because they love nature, but they were not particularly deeply in service with all of their life force. During the course of the game, I guess, and in the end, we really have to do this together. It's not one single individual that's going to be doing it. And I think it was Tam that uh, the guy who just passed away, no, this, this Buddhist master that... Uh, has a perspective that maybe the next Maitreya, the next Buddha, is not going to be an individual, but it's going to be a collective of people who really come together in the spirit and in the frequency of love to co-create together as one. And yeah, I don't know, man, that really excites me. This idea that we <laughs> might have a grasp of unity consciousness at a collective scale. If we're really gonna get there, let's hope this 10% is enough, but it looks like it's heading the right way. Not when you read the news, but when you follow and you get into the regenerative movement and you start to meet these players who are building on big, big pieces of it, I'm very inspired and hopeful at this moment. Yeah, me too. And you, you have to shut off the TV because all that's designed to do is program you and make you believe something that is not true and not correct. It's becoming more and more absurd with the, you know, we've got the truckers thing going on in Canada. And then I see this yeah. article where someone's like, it's a, like a white nationalist movement. It's like, how is that big? And they just wrote this. It was the most ridiculous shit I've ever read. And it just made me so upset. I, was like, I can't even read this. This is so upsetting. But the nice thing is, is like that's starting to die. And that group of people, they don't have the same energetic force they're not standing in truth in in the creator in cooperation and harmony in uh justice and integrity they're saying they're just standing in you know i got let's just give them the benefit of the doubt that they got uh you know manipulated they they believe the thing and they can't let anything else in they're not ready yet to be to absorb this new information that might be challenging it's going to shatter their worldview it's going to be really painful so they're not ready to do that yet so we don't need them to be ready we just need to be focused on the solution fully focused on the solution and that's where we need the accountability of each of us to kind of grow up spiritually mentally emotionally and say okay where do i participate in this and i feel like the intention is what uh, starts the process so i'd love to hear your perspective on you know somebody is you know in the world and their life is getting shattered right um i'm assuming it would have been an interesting 
way to figure out finances for you to shift from, you know, doing a regular job to like committing to this idea? How, how do you recommend someone like, let's say with a family or they don't like their job or they're like, you know what, I want to, I want to participate in this in some way. I want to kind of move in the direction. I want to, you know, participate in building something better. I don't know where to start. Plus I got kids and all that kind of stuff. How do you, how do you help a person like that? Yeah, that's a complicated question, man. I, I, we have had, that we have already have more funds available. I think the the projects are still so novel, and in the emergence of of the conceptual phase into coming into production, some of them are touching uh, big funds to 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 build the first phase. But I think a lot of it's still happening on voluntary energy and people who've already freed themselves from the system and who have either a side job with little time investment with a large monetary return or they've invested in crypto or or some other assets that have liberated themselves already. If you are right now with a family and financial responsibilities and you want to join this movement, I think the best advice is really go inside. I think 99% of the game that we have got to play as humanity is our inner game. Rewire yourself, go look at your traumas, go look at your pain, go accept your life. If it can be really confronting, you know, if you're 30 years, 40 or even 50 years old and you realize like, wow, I've been doing a job all my life that seemed quite meaningless. And I thought I was doing the right thing. That's a big loss, man. That's a big grief. Give yourself the time and the space to heal. Go find other like-minded people. And I guess, really look at what you have available and be very realistic about it and how you want to allocate that life force if you do happen to have one two three days available and you feel relatively emotionally mature you have a sense of purpose you have a sense of meaning and you think you you feel you are relatively healed from your deepest traumas that means you're quite mission ready now to come into co-creation but you will bring you bring all your shit into the movement into the creation and you try to get together with people and make decisions about larger than yourself items and you have a lot of triggers and pain inside you're not going to be able to come together in co-creation in, in the spirit of harmony of equality it's very difficult man we're so programmed in this hierarchy pyramid so i think the biggest gift you can give to humanity at any stage of your life deprogram yourself heal your traumas and find like-minded people and slowly slowly start to nibble on what's around in the field and start to educate yourself and inform yourself about where you can be of best service but it's i wish i had a more simple answer like hey you want to quit your job quit it now apply there tomorrow and you're in it's not <laughs> like that man yeah, well, I think you you had a simple and very brilliant answer because if this is a let's say a, a frequency based society, right, vibrational or whatever the case is, you know, in a simple way, if you like baseball, you're probably going to go find people who like baseball and go play baseball just like that. And so on this higher level scale, especially when there's such a divide, and it I think it is a choice of these two worlds. You know, the more I look at things, I can't see this uh, plan succeeding. It's too vast and crazy. And, you know, you're going against nature, humanity and spirit, which is a stupid, you know, thing to do, but it doesn't mean that some people aren't going to get swept up in this. So it's an individual choice. And I don't think anybody will, will get a free choice. It's like, oh, well, I wish I could do this. And this is what I wanted to do. And this is the right thing, but I'm going to do this because I have to protect this materialism or this sort of thing. And so they end up might experience a little bit of harm for a bit from those choices. It is going to be, all of us have to have that leap of faith into spirit, into nature, into God and the creator. And so that wherever you are, make that leap first, because that's as you go through that evolution of yourself and your soul, 
then you're going to be in the same vibratory frequency of other people wanting to do the same thing. And, but we all have to have our hero's journey. We all have to kind of do it alone. We have to go through it alone and we got to beat through the force and go through all our trials and tribulations. But on the other side, it's like, you've earned your stripes for the tribe. They're like, Oh, now here's the people. And so it doesn't need to be horrible um but it just might be challenging and i and i haven't seen anyone that i've spoken to that didn't have to take some sort of leap of faith whether they had to let go of uh, materialism in some sort of way where they had to you know they had to kind of jump and be like i'm not sure how this is going to end up and i feel like that's yeah. going to be required of everybody yeah the matrix really is a documentary bro it's not a movie and to take the red pill or the blue pill is exactly what we are talking about now you choose to continue where you are now and just stay in oblivion take the blue pill but if you feel there's this splinter in your eye and you feel there's something wrong then you already know there's no choice like they say in the third version or in the last one i mean you already know there's no choice you're going to take that red pill but there's serious consequences man you're going to be plugged out of the illusion that you were in and you're going to have to eat shit food maybe or or <laughs> suffer or sacrifice things and and be shocked about a lot of things and like you say i think we are, are all going through that if we take that red pill there's no escaping that hero's journey and uh, i'm glad i didn't take a job when i graduated i had an amazing job offer in 2014 and it was actually the mushrooms that screamed into my ear the night after my interview because I was with a group of friends in the forest. We took a bunch of mushrooms and <laughs> the mushroom just scree screamed into my head. Like, are you out of your mind to even consider that job, man? Like, what is wrong with you, bro? You're a pacifist, man. They drop bombs and you're going to be in an organization. Your soul's going to be sucked dry and don't do it. <laughs> so I didn't take it, man. And since then, I've been like free. I've been retired since 2014 after I graduated from my master's degree. And yes, you can do that. And I have found other ways. It's not always been easy, but I found other ways to make money without being trapped in the system. I'd have a lot of free time to grow myself, to spend time on my journeys, travels, meet people and, and find my purpose and my meaning. But it takes a lot of energy, man, to deprogram yourself first, to let go of the bullshit is already a lot of work, but also to find your essence. You just need to remember it's so simple but it takes time no and the little layers it's like this onion you peel off the onion layer by layer by layer and there's no ending to it it's an infinite amount of peeling and you should never strive for completion also you not strive for this point of aha now i'm there now i'm out of the matrix i don't think that that happens we always stay in both worlds in a way but well it's like that you gotta just go for it and jump and take a leap of faith and i think terence mckenna really really beautifully describes it in his quote no it's like nature rewards us for our courage it's something like that it's only when you hurry yourself into the abyss and and you fall and you're caught in this feather bed you realize like that's the reward of your courage and uh, yeah you will experience immense amounts of beauty of moving inside like you've never been moved before tears of gratitude hope inspiration and and all of this about all the magic you're going to discover inside of yourself because all these these mysteries they're stored inside your heart and your subconscious the connection with your soul and like it's such an incredible journey but it's hard man it's not always easy sometimes you really got to go into the pit and pull out the roots of your shit and programming of the past before you are liberated a little bit from that and you can see with greater vision into the future but uh, there's it's a big reward Wow. Yeah. I love that analogy. And it kind of makes me think about like that leap of faith is how you can see the creator work. 
you know, without that leap of faith, if you don't take it, um, it's like, you know, you got this leap you want to take from two tall buildings and you'll, you'll die if you fall in the middle, right? If you don't, if you don't leap, you know, there's going to be this point where like, you're like, oh crap, am I going to be okay? Right. And that's where the creator can work. That's how you have actual faith. Because if you keep one foot on this spot and you try to get the other one, you do like the splits, you're not going to reach. You can't, you're not committing, right? You're not saying you're not committing with your actions. I have faith. I trust in this thing because the thing is the logical mind wants to keep you safe, but your heart and your spirit is leading you. And what's happened is we've been tricked and programmed and um, really manipulated into just following logic, the safest route, right? The safest thing yeah. is to go to schools, to listen to everybody knows more than me. I listen to the authority. I don't ask questions. You know, everything outside of you is the th authority rather than yourself, your heart and your soul and your intuition. And so we're, we're not living life. We're just going and we're, we're kind of like bots. We're automatons. It's, it's pretty brutal you know the what, what's going on here and so now the beautiful thing is it is a time for a change and we have that opportunity and when you're looking at building these um cities and these uh communities what would a day in the life look like how would those infrastructures work w when you add in all the things i think about one of the major things we could do is education and if you, my my partner's a teacher and so looking at what they're doing in education is so sickening it's so awful if you have your kid in public school, you need to know who your teacher is and what that curriculum is and put 100% of your force to get them another education because just putting them in there, whether you think it's socialization or whatever, the brainwash, the manipulation, the gaslighting, the ridiculousness is going to be a heavy tax for your child to pay and you might not get their brain back. I know through this experience, many adults have had challenges with their children because they were so indoctrinated. Some of them in university, some of them teenage years that the, my friends were saying reasonable stuff. And the kids thought they, they call, you know, they're just gaslight them. Oh, you're, you know, you're a MAGA wet, uh, MAGA hat wearing racist. Just, just taking two things that don't even make the same sense. We're not talking about that. We're talking about something else, but uh, it's powerful. This brainwash is powerful. So if we could retake education, uh, retake media, uh, that would be amazing. And, and maybe wipe it out altogether, you know, like understanding where all this manipulation comes from, you take it out of the equation, people are going to think a lot differently real quick. Yeah, well, we definitely need education, bro. Because without education, we're completely lost. And I see that more here in Brazil, people will have no education. Their, their, their actions behave, we need to educate the mind, but we also need to open the heart towards each other. And that whole process is just not done. So in into education should also be like, what are your feelings? How do you affect others? What does it mean to get triggered? How do I work with my balances emotions? How do I, I release emotions? And that, that's an important part. So the education of being human, you know, the human beingness, not the human doingness. We're only taught to do. Um, and about media, also media is a super powerful tool. And, and my wife, she's really the, the one receiving this vision about this network of light cities is always said we need to play the game with exactly the same tools as the game is being played now. But can you imagine when you turn on your Netflix, man, and you have a channel and everything is about positivity and regeneration and an inspiring project that just got started, they landed the funding there, they deployed these tools that's going to create our sovereignty and decentralized internet where you have a single sign-on avatar and something like Ready Player One or something, but for the goodness of humanity, you know, and you get inspired by this kind of content. And instead of the negativity, the Hollywood crazy stories of all of this brainwash, there's, there's alternatives to this. And uh, it's like, 
brainwashing people the right way. It's like not even brainwashing anymore. It should be sovereign also, you know, and there should be motivations to, yeah. I think a lot of people have a Netflix account also because they've been programmed through marketing. I don't like how we are being sold things on our social media and other channels and all of that just needs to be completely redesigned. And in a way, we really need to redesign all of society and civilization. And hence, we come back by the point why we feel that the best way to do this is build cities that have a completely new design philosophy. There's not really much point trying to change the current structures and systems from within. I personally have that belief because it's so hard and it's so hardwired and people have so many associations with all that. To try to break that is almost impossible. It's much better to build something complete with the whole systems design and invite people to come live and experience that, including the education. And for education, for example, I imagine that's the same as like in an indigenous tribe in the jungle. The kids run around in the town, they meet something or somebody and they ask that person, wow, what's that? And that person explains it to them because they actually have the time to help that kid because they don't have to worry about food or shelter or healthcare because the basic needs are taken care of for everybody. Everybody is free to eat and to live and to learn and to heal. And anything else you want to contribute to society, maybe you need to acquire resources and put in plans. If you have project changes to the infrastructure, you name it, you know, but if these basic human needs are fulfilled, everybody's free to share and give to each other. And man, this is such a completely different view on how we would interact together, how we would feel when we wake up and we walk outside and we don't have to worry about survival anymore, ever or about somebody trying to do bad things to us, or corruption, or if the water is healthy that I'm drinking, or the air that I'm breathing is polluted, or what's in the food, man? Like, I have so many dialogues all day long about my longevity on this planet because I don't trust the environment that I'm in. What if you were in a fully trusted environment? The kids comes running to you. I don't know, I'm a car mechanic by trade. I'm fixing a car on the street, and the kid's like, wow, how does all that work? I'm going to take an hour to educate the kid, man, and I'm going to give him the tools and do it together. Can you imagine what it's like to learn a new skill like that? And you got, we got to set them free and celebrate our sovereignty and make that available. That should be one of our design criteria. Full sovereignty for the individual. Zero coercion. A non-coercive society. And it's so hard for people to imagine that, no? But I think that is the way out. And it, it deserves a lot more words, but yeah. Yeah, no, I love that idea. And I think some people on a basic sense, I might think, oh, well, you know, that's communism. But the idea with communism is so separate, because this idea is is a whole paradigm shift of how you live your life, wanting to contribute to the society like in communism. Yeah, it's like equal, but only the, the elite have it and nobody has food or resources and nobody's contributing to the society. But in this kind of idea, it's the same with um, the indigenous communities. When everybody's contributing, you want to contribute. And it's not about greed and getting more. It's about quality of life. Right now, we can't trust our food. We can't trust our water because it is being poisoned, actually, literally, you know, definitively, not, you know, unequivocally. It's being poisoned and we're not eating Factual. natural food. Yep. We're not eating. We're not getting good, clean water. So if you're like, you know what, the how I want to live is good, free, clean food, good, clean water, um, education, freedom, and simplicity. It's not about, oh, how can I get, well, I, I'm going to need a, a private plane and, and do I get a Mercedes with this? You're not going to be in that community anyway. You can you can go ahead and, and live your experience however you want, um, but the people want to contribute and make a model, just something different, to have a higher quality of life, a higher quality standard. And, you know, again, like I said, the Amish community is looking better and better, you know, not everything that they do, but the simplicity of it is so important. And they, they don't like two things. Number one, the government and number two, healthcare. 
which is becoming really uh, prevalent today. And, and people used to think healthcare and doctors and hospitals were one thing, um, but they're discovering it's not at all what they thought. Like even like the United Nations, not at all what I thought. Um, you know, basically the world police, uh, you know, Star Wars force. Um, what else? The Planned Parenthood. I thought that was, you know, I didn't really know about it, but then got into the human trafficking stuff and was like, holy yeah. shit, what the, the hell? World Health Organization, the guy that's chosen there to run oh. the organization, his background, yeah. man, like what's so hor horrible? Why did they choose that person? Because that person is not in service. The CDC, all the, all the institutes, man, the, the, the great central bank, the big, the central banks, the Federal Reserve, the government. All these institutes, I used to believe 15, 20 years ago, they're all there for service of humanity and for the service of society. But no, man, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the, well, you were in the logical mind, right? It's like, this is the system and logic likes kind of systems. And it's not like questioning or as inquisitive. And often people who are highly intelligent and logical, they thrive in that system, right? So like, I don't want outside of the system. Look at me go. You know, it's just because you suck at this game, you, you know, <laughs> he's like no it's not that at all it's like this game is messed up i don't even want to play that game you know and when i when i was done uh, high school i was not one person was thinking about traveling what they wanted to do who they were and that you know it was around that time i really started to realize that i thought differently than all my friends i was like wait all of you guys are going to go to university oh maybe one or two you kind of know what you want to do and then i was like what's after that and they're like i don't know you go to work i was like that's it like that's your life like that's messed up, you know, it's like, you know, I do like, you know, I do anything, at least in Germany, you know, it's common for them to do a year to travel around to kind of get to know themselves because you're still, you're still a child out of, out of high school. And the, the education is so terrible. And so, you know, if we're looking at these uh, new, new systems, what can people be inspired about? What are you looking at? Like, well, how far have you come? What would it be like to live in that city? Or what can you tell us about these new cities that you've deduced that's, you know, get people all, uh, excited about the possibility of imagining that type of environment because I like uh, Michael Tellinger's uh, one small town idea. I like the Venus project and the more of us that focus on these ideas and collaborate, and this is a collaborative system. This isn't, I have the way and this is the only way and you're going to do this. This is like, we're all moving towards these ideas, um, you know, clean food, clean water, prosperity, quality of life, education, um, you know, things like that. When you have kids, you realize that that's the most important thing is to provide an environment that's safe and where your kids can flourish. And so when you want to participate in that, it's not like, oh, I own this technology or this is my thing. It's like, let's move in this direction and make it as great as possible and take all the best ideas. And when a new and better idea comes in, we're going to use that, you know, and it's just the, you know, it's a, it's an intention. It's not like, you know, an own propriety, uh, you know, patent or something. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, yeah, to answer your question, what, what is it going to be like to live there? What can people get a feeling? Usually images and, 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 and the, those things help better. I have a two minute video, if, if it's okay to share that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's described just... Ralph's, Ralph's project. If I can share the screen, I've lined up the video. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> you should have that, that might, uh, yeah, might give us a view. So, do you see the player here? Got the see power. the planet? Okay, here we go. We are facing the most disruptive transformation of human civilization.
You might have lost the audio. Let me just check. You lost the audio? There you go. Yeah, when you mute, when you mute yourself, did, uh, you can play it. Did you put optimize for video? Oh, that's weird. So when you optimize go to optimize for video. Yeah, when you do the screen share, push optimize for video. So if you delete you, if you mute yourself, um, it'll mute it'll mute the video. So when you go to share, that'll be a couple clicks at the bottom. It says optimize for video clip. Wait a minute. Uh, it's it says that already. Okay. Ah, okay. Then, then optimize. Fine, there you. we go. Share sound. Ah, okay. Wasn't doing that. Gotcha. Great. There we go. Okay, let's try again. Get this full power. We are facing the most disruptive transformation of human civilization in history. The destruction of our natural ecosystem, growing social inequalities, data surveillance, and reoccurring economic crises are signs that our current system is becoming increasingly dysfunctional. What we miss is a positive vision of the future of human development. A future in which humans have the freedom to improve and fulfill themselves, engage in meaningful relationships within a flourishing culture, live in abundance and harmony with the planet, and explore the mysteries of the universe. What if we could explore such an alternative development path for our civilization? We don't need to leave for Mars to start a better society. We can do it right here in Switzerland. Our mission is to bring together the brightest minds and creators to build the next generation village. A home for pioneers and a place that sparks our imagination of what life in a sustainable and thriving society of the future could look like. The village will serve as a living lab to explore the future of energy, food production, circular resource and waste management, manufacturing, architecture, mobility, and health, as well as new monetary and governance systems. This project offers a unique opportunity for corporates, startups, academia, NGOs, and the public sector to prototype and test groundbreaking technological and socio-political innovations on a next-era infrastructure and in a safe-to-fail environment. We can see startup cities emerge all over the world. Now it is time for us to build a lighthouse for human progress in Switzerland and leave a legacy for future generations. Become a part of this adventure and help to build the future that humankind deserves. That looks amazing. I'm down. So what are you guys, so where, where are you guys with, with these projects that you're working on? Where, where are you in development and what would be the needs to make it happen? Let's say I gave you, uh, you know, as a fairy or something, I could give you a hundred wishes to make this happen. What were the things that you would need to a make hundred. this happen? <laughs> Infinite wishes. I'm the super fairy. I don't know. <laughs> so what, 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 what kind of things would you guys need to, you know, make it work? access to the funding, um, the tool to find the right professionals and individuals, um, bring them all here, have a, a one, one month long kind of hackathon and, and, and collect all their puzzle pieces and geniality and plug it all together, make the living lab, test out these things, verify it with the data, make it empirical so that it can be scaled, that you have a guarantee and then create a master plan for a city, build the first city, 
test and validate that as you go, build the decisioning algorithm and the systems as described in Aravana, and then uh, make that also open source available and support anybody and everybody on the planet who wants to build a similar city, create a network of infrastructure in a cloud city concept that can plug in more living environments, deploy a value exchange system that can function as a transition point, and give all this value and wisdom that's being implemented and tested to the outside world by attracting more resources and further grow and scale it and make a network and become free of the current systems that we have right now. That's kind of like the path. And the wishes is like access to the people and the money. But I think the biggest wish that the fairy can give me is patience. It's like it's all coming and I'm just very impatient. I want it tomorrow because I don't think we have a lot of time left. So. <laughs> I don't know. Does that sort of answer your question? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. That was well. Obviously, you you've got it down pat, man. That was wonderful and succinct. So let's just make all that stuff happen. It sounds super inspiring. The cities look amazing. I remember seeing uh, the Venus Project in Zeitgeist years ago, and I was like, "This looks phenomenal. Like, I want to live in a place like that." And so, you know, I feel like. It, it is inevitable, you know, from what I've understand from doing the law summit and about spirituality and looking at history, you know, my greatest fear is that like free will can be taken away. But even at that same side, like I'm not afraid of death. I, I, I realized I'm afraid of pro prolonged suffering. So I got to let that go. <laughs> but, you know, from when I look at this, uh, you know, scenario, we're, we're going to build this thing and it is going to happen over time, but maybe we came here to be the builders of that. It's like, Oh, like I'm in a home who built that. How long did that take? How long did they cooperate? So we're building something that has no maps that has never been done before, or maybe it has, and we completely forgot, but as we move forward, we're going to be helped and synergized by creation and creator. And, you know, on the fear side, I feel like people have got to let go of the idea of, you know, let go of the concept of fear, anything that you're afraid of face it, you know, get the knowledge required to overcome it, know yourself, because then you can be helpful in the solution because fear is the mind killer. And, you know, this is a, you know, a time for us to respond. So yeah, it, you know, a lot of the stuff going on around the world is frightening. And it's and it's wild. And when you start to if you've new to waking up, and you've learned all these horrible things, that's all coming to light, which is great so that we can squash it because if it didn't come to light, it would have just continued indefinitely. So now that they've overplayed their hand, we're going to learn about all these horrors that we were asleep to that we can make sure never happens again. And we're not going to go do it by fighting it. We're going to be doing it by creating new infrastructures that make all of that stuff unnecessary, uh, obsolete, right? Your, you know, crime and all that stuff would go down when you're in functioning societies that make sense, where you have your basic needs met, where you can grow mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, where you have supportive community, right? And it's the reason why all this stuff is happening is because it's, um, it's so not conducive with being human. It's so not conducive to the human spirit it, it, that it sucks your soul. Like the matrix sucks your soul out of you. You're you're stuck in sedation, you're doing stuff you don't want, and you're, you know, your life force, your will, what you do with your time and energy. You know, one of my friends is, uh, you know, a banker and he's a great guy and met him at Burning Man and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, he quit his job for a bit. Then he, I said, the matrix will always take you back and the matrix took him back, making more money than he was. We talked and, you know, he, he's like not feeling a hundred percent fulfilled. And I just was thinking about it. I was like, bro, he's like stare at a computer screen all day. How can that be fulfilling? You know, you know, I'm sure there's other stuff in there that is kind of good, but like if you sit down in a cubicle and look at a computer and 
and you're just fudging with numbers, although you get a lot of, you know, financial resources, maybe do that for a bit, then quit. Um, but I was like, how could you be fulfilled when you're, you know, and all these other people, it's like jobs just staring at computers. And it's not to, to shuck the responsibility of needing to have a financial uh, responsibility. That's not it. Whatever you need to do to be responsible for yourself, for your family, to have an income, um, you need to do that. But at the same time, you can work on yourself. You can connect with spirit. You can work on your traumas. You can work on your mental health, your emotional health. And as you do that, and as you open up, possibilities are going to open up. So then whether it's six months, a year or two years, and like you said about patience, whether it's 10 years down the road and you've opened up mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, you're going to have more options, more power, more information, and more knowledge to go create something else when the time is right right? There's nothing wrong with working hard. You know, like you said, you're a mechanic by trade. You're like, all right, I'll go fix a bunch of cars. And as you're fixing the cars, you're thinking about this aside, then you come back and you're doing those. You can do both, but you've opened up enough where you can say, okay, I got, you know, these are the responsibilities that I have. I need to take care of those. Right. And now I'm going to take my heart and soul to where, you know, I really want to go and I really want to participate and I really want to give my energy. And I'm going to continue to pray and intend that I can do the best job I can for this mission driven uh, thing that I have and whatever, wherever you are in it, you don't have to have a massive vision or a little vision. Just like you said, work on yourself, get clear on who you are. That is the best thing that you can do for humanity because when the time comes, it's all timing. You're going to have that opportunity to say, Oh, you know what? I'm going to say, yes, it's going to be so obvious. You know, when I've taken these leaps of faith, you know, massive ones with not having any of the resources, any of the reason to do the thing that I do. Like, it's like, you should not do that. You know, you can logically, you cannot do that. But I knew in my heart, I had to do it. Right. I had to, I was like, this is the next thing. And it always worked out and it was amazing. But every time was a huge leap of faith and just following that rather than the logical mind. I'm like, you know what? You know, I, I'm not going to just die. I don't think like whenever that ha is going to happen, it's going to happen. So let's go see what happens here. And you, that next step, once you do the inner work will become clear and then you can go take it. You're not going to be like, should I do this and this and this? I don't know what to do. It'll become clear once you clear out the inner world. Yeah, man, you hit it on the, on the head there. It reminds me of 2015 when I was uh, uh, planning to go to the Amazon jungle to live together with the tribe in the middle of nowhere for, well, I was planning to go there for two years, actually. And at that time, I was living in Amsterdam city center. I had a good income. I had nice friends, had a beautiful apartment, big, affordable. My life was great, man. There was no reason to leave Holland or to leave that comfort. And I remember how terrified I was before I, I got onto that plane, thinking like, when am I going to come back? Am I going to come back? Am I still going to come back to this house? There were so many things that I, that could have died off. And they did in the end. I never returned to that apartment. Whereas I could have also just left for three months. But you got to take that leap of faith. And, and I remember looking back at that time, when I started to look inside, I was already, I started this when I was 27. So at that time I was 31. I was doing a lot of personal development and growth and healing and ceremonies for four years, you know. And I had a friend in during that period in that Amsterdam visiting me. He was staying with me for one month and he started when he was 18. He was 28 at the time. So he was on 10 years already on this path of becoming an entrepreneur, taking leaps of faith, changing himself, letting go of things. And I looked at him like, wow, he's really got it nailed, man. He's really got it figured out. And it's like... I'm already doing this four years full time. How much longer is this going to take? And then I made an agreement with myself like, oh, he's doing it for 10 years. Probably when I hit the 10 year mark, I'm much closer to where I imagine I would like to be. I'm here now. It's wilder than the wildest dreams I had. 
when I was on this path four years. We're six years down the line, six, seven years down the line. If I had not taken that leap of faith of going to the jungle, which was really terrifying, and to stay there in the middle of nowhere with the tribe, and no idea what my life is going to be like, I would never be here right now. So, yeah, it does always work out. But it's hard, man. It requires courage. But I think the reward is so much bigger than the fear or the suffering. Or So I cheer anybody and everybody in the smallest step that they take towards something else that has more meaning. But give yourself time. It really takes time to make these jumps. And yeah, it's not always easy, but it's worth it. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. And as I got older, you know, my twenties, I was like, okay, I'm going to do all this stuff and you know, do it real quick. And then twenties kind of went, I got to my thirties like, Oh, okay. It, it takes about 10 years to do anything. So it, whatever you want to do, like give yourself a direction and, and be able to commit for a minimum of 10 years to see any kind of result. Right. And then, you know, that's really a commitment, but you know, if you're inspired, it doesn't have to be an end goal. It just has to be something that you're willing to work towards. Cause it takes at least that time it might be even 20. And a lot of the famous people, people think about, you know, they started to do things in their forties and fifties and they were like from 40 to 60. And then, you know, who that famous person is and all that stuff. They started at 40 and they did it for 20 years. But when you're a kid, you're like, I need it now. And I need, and what am I going to get? How much money do I get from this? And again, you know, someone, only one comment was on this. So like, uh, she said, stop telling people to quit their job. I was like, I'm not telling them to quit their job. I'm saying, <laughs> I was like, take your financial responsibility, um, but know who you are because the people that I know that are doing this is totally possible. And they all have similar stories of, but the first thing is know who you are. You can't move, you know, you got to keep doing that work, uh, create a relationship with the creator, with source, be able to quiet your mind, you know, and then things get clear over time, but it's not an immediate thing. It's little steps over time. You get led, you follow those breadcrumbs and, you know, you evolve as a, as a human, as a spirit and, and your life, you know, when you're on track and you know, when you're off track and when you look in your inner world and you think everything, I'm not inspired about anything, you're probably not on track. So you start with these prayers, creator, show me a way to do something I'm inspired to do that contributes to community. Um, and then I can provide for my family. That thought alone opens up possibility. And that's where we need to start. Yeah, man. You remind me of a, a moment in the sauna two years ago in the gym. I sat there and there was another guy there and said, hey, bro. And I was like, whoa, who's that? They had a big beard. And I was like, I do <laughs> Holy God, holy God, man, you're from high school. We hadn't seen each other in more than 10 years. And he shared his story. We're still with the same girl. Good for them, you know. They had a good, strong love together. They started a family together. And he explained to me what he was doing. And he was guiding teams in software development and with Agile and creating a lot of things and making really good money, had a nice house. And I was looking at all of that. I was living with my parents at the time, helping my dad with his cancer process, <laughs> trying to give ceremonies and build this international network. But in, in assets and financial value, I was really poor compared to him. And I observed what my consciousness was doing when I was listening to him. I felt I missed the boat, man. I felt like he continued after high school to go on the career path, to build his assets, his stability, his family, had two kids, a wife, everything. I had nothing at that time of that sort, right? So next to monetary value, he built some, I don't know, like, well, he built a family and I didn't. And then at some point I asked him like, so what's, what's the story with your spirituality? Do you believe in any mystery or in God or something? He said, no, that, that don't exist. Don't believe in any of that. And then I realized how poor he is, man. 
and we walked outside and it didn't feel like a victory or anything you know? i was not still not comparing but i realized how my mind was using his story to listen and compare where i was that that was not good enough and then i looked at the amount of mysteries and beauty and all these revelations that I've experienced throughout my life is worth a billion times more than anything that you can put in money or materials. And I think the biggest gift you can give yourself now is, is to reconnect yourself with the great mystery, especially if you don't believe in that. And, and to, to find some spiritual path. It doesn't have to be religious, can be religious, but anything, you know, that gives you some connection with whether you want to call it God or the source or the mystery or the creator or for me, all those words resonate because for me, it's all one and the same thing. Same with Allah and, and the way we describe God. And I think it's a really big gift. And it's, it's almost if you have not had some kind of spiritual revelation or awakening or strong connection in your life and you die, for me, it's almost the same as dying as a virgin. You've really like missed something of this experience of this journey so beautiful people die as a virgin too people die without any spiritual connection too it's not even about making a big impact or having a big vision but it's about giving yourself the gift of the full experience of what it means to be incarnated in a body as consciousness and to seeing the greater picture of of this cosmic game it's wow man it's so beautiful no hundred percent. That was so beautifully said, you know, all of this has been wonderful, man. It's been a treat talking to you. I think that was a very, you've said many powerful statements. Um, before we close this up, where, uh, is there anything you wish that I had asked or that you want to discuss before we close it out and then make sure you tell people where they can listen to you. But all of this has been wonderful and, and it's, uh, yeah, very, very well put and beautifully said. Yeah. Um, wherever you are on your path, I really cheer you on. If you're watching, you're listening this and you're still here at the end means that uh, something is grabbing your attention and you're moved by the dialogue and it entertains you enough to stay sitting or listening or driving, running, whatever. Um, and if you want more, then I think the, the best I can offer you is to check out GaiaNet, where we do our best to create a home for the people who want to create a, a new vision for humanity and it's a big vision so you can either sign up for the newsletter or you can email at connect at guynet.earth to send out your project anyway there's a get involved button on the website um what else there's a lot of different projects not just guynet we have a massive ecosystem behind it so if you have the bandwidth if you have a few hours a week to spend or to share and you want to contribute then go for it but all of the other things we mentioned together in our conversation, I think there's a lot of food for thought, what you could do if you feel like doing something. And if you feel like doing nothing, that's great too. If you want to stay where you are right now and you're comfortable and you're completely happy and this just entertains you, this conversation, and nothing is pulling you, by no means do you feel forced to do anything. So you're a free being and uh, I honor everybody's free will in that. And there's no coercion or manipulation in this conversation. Yeah, I think it's that's it. And if you feel desperate and if you feel like, yeah, you're worried and you're fearful and you don't know what to do and maybe you're awakening to a lot of these uh, um, understandings, maybe how, how our planet is organized and where the decisions are made and maybe that's that's really troubling you, then also, yeah, find solace in that there is many people... Um, 
making it so that we all have more access to the knowledge and making it so that we have alternatives. So I hope this all may serve as inspiration and some peace for you in your heart also that yes, the great change is happening and I don't have the answer when, what, how, but um, feeling very confident that it's going to happen and even very confident it's going to happen in our lifetimes. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Amazing, man. Well, it's so great to be connected. I'm excited to dive deep more into your projects. Uh, happy to help and support however I can. I, I had a little glance at each of them before we did the interview, but it's it's incredible stuff. And in, even we have to start with imagining it. So then we can then, you know, actually participate. So the, you know, all of this, there's the gestation phase, the thinking, the contemplating, the organizing, the discussions, this, you have to have that before you build anything. And so you guys are uh, committed to that. And that's so important and foundational. So if anybody wants to learn more, check those out, share them with your friends, you know, even just sharing them around to say, Hey, there are people working on this. It serves as uh, inspiration because everything they're sharing with us right now is a dark nightmare. And then when you look look at actually what they want to do, it's a dark nightmare. So we need to counterbalance that with like, okay, okay, we're aware of that, but what's the solution, right? And then focus all of our intent, all of our energy, all of our will on putting the solution. It doesn't say that the negative doesn't exist and that the challenge doesn't exist. It says, I'm aware of that, but now I'm going to focus on everything I can. So like if a flood is coming, you know, you do everything you can to protect your house and do whatever you're going to do. And then it comes and then you're okay with that. So, you know, with this challenge, we're going to do everything we can and we will succeed um, on creating alternatives because, you know, there's, there's already mass evidence for this happening with uh, a lot of people moving a lot, you know, CNN's rating going with just stuff everywhere. You know, people is dropping out of school and doing homeschooling on mass numbers. So there's so much stuff to show that people are really ready to commit. And when people commit with their heart, mind, and soul to a project or to a vision, you know, we're going to move mountains and it's going to be beautiful. It's going to happen quick. It's like that idea of, you know, if you have to move a house yourself, well, if another person goes, it's not twice as fast it's three times as fast because you're splitting the energy, but then you get a third person to help move. You know, it's, it's not three times as fast. It's more each time it divides the energy up. And it's like the tug of war analogy. If you, one person pulls a tug of war and each person's measured, um, you would think it would be the same, but it's actually considerably more. I think it's about 30% more or 40% more when all 10 and tug at once and so that's the energy that we're choosing to uh, participate and cooperate with beautiful man lovely thanks so much yeah if uh, like finally closing i mean we could really help use with guyanet to pull more at that court with more people so if also something like that really excites you don't hesitate to uh, you know sign up as a contributor. If you're really called about the Aravana vision, Travis needs a lot of help with writing that material. Super complex. Go to aravana.org, read the website. There's videos on YouTube. Check it out. It's it's sort of like the continuation of the Venus project, but in a more advanced form. If you feel more like Ralph's project in Switzerland, please go help Ralph. You know, If you want to join the regenerative uh, economical movement, go join Seeds. If you're interested in the decentralized internet of the future, please go help threefold. There is all this project in our orbit and I can guide you forward. And if you come onto GuyNet, you will be able to be exposed to all this project and find out where in the ecosystem you might want to contribute. So I think those are final words to uh, call to action. 
<laughs> Amazing. Well, you're doing phenomenal work. This has been a wonderful episode. Uh, shout out to Mark Gober as well for uh, connecting totally. us. He's written a, a, some incredible books, but uh, thank you so much for this. And yeah, if this has piqued your interest, just go check things out and, uh, you know, send a note, you know, just see, see what's up, participate because you don't have to invent the wheel. Maybe it's already going and you can just go help. Right. I don't know how to build the house, but I will happily carry wood to somebody who knows what the heck they're doing. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thanks so much for this. We'll stay connected and appreciate everybody watching wonderful bro thanks peace all right ladies and gentlemen that was the absolutely exceptional dan horter i hope that you enjoyed this episode and you'll share it out there on social media as far and as wide as you can to help spread the word go to his websites check out what he's doing it's truly phenomenal and this discussion is so important and it's important that we have this discussion with our friends with our family members with our communities to bring it up to see how do we uh, create solutions imagine solutions and build those solutions because that is what is being asked of us as this world is in a big transition so we need to find our centeredness within ourselves and who we are and who we you know are authentically are and move forward to find that power to create new solutions for the generations to come and the people who you know want a better world and this is what a lot of us are looking towards so this is very inspiring i was glad to have this conversation with dan i really love his website his initiative and his drive so please support the show leave a review on itunes if you can if you want to support the work go to mattbelair.com uh, there's an option to become a member and you can do so by donation uh to help because patreon is uh been gone and censorship is a bummer uh and yeah if you guys want to check out some of the programs uh there's a lot out there soul compass soul compass zen athlete program one-on-one -on -one coaching the quantum heart hypnosis or quantum heart hypnosis sessions if you're looking to get clear in your life path or life purpose we can do that within one session whether it's a coaching session uh quantum heart hypnosis session or something else i can definitely help you with that but the long term you know goals if we want to really get there that's going to take more of a plan it's going to take accountability and effort and that is also available if i can support you but uh that's it so let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this out wherever you are in the world to stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy compassion love courage faith inner knowing power and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode